Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. I have some people who have worked with kids are sharing their most what the fuck moments okay. with them. So I'm a kindergarten teacher. One day for show and tell, one of my students brought in a butt plug. She thought it was a dog toy. Luckily, so did the rest of the kids. I started checking the show-and-tell items after that. (laughs) Not as wild, but another weird one that stands out in my mind was when a student brought her dad's beard hair in a bag. She had gathered it out from the trash can. Her parents had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably a week where she's like, what am I going to bring? Yeah, I have nothing. Oh, look, dad's beard hair. She's going to grow up to be one of those people that makes art out of oh, yeah. body And it's like stuff. totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I worked as an IT support in a posh private school. I think the tuition was about 50000 a year. We had a program where kids who broke their computers could get a loaner while theirs was being replaced or repaired. One day, a student came into my office to return her loaner. She pulled it out of her backpack and handed it to me. It was soaking wet. Then the smell hit me. I sniffed my hands and realized she had handed me a computer drenched in cat pee. It was the foulest thing I'd ever experienced, and IT professionals see some stuff. Yikes. Soaking wet, too? Didn't even try to dry it off or anything? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not me, but a coworker. She was sitting there working one-on-one with a kid, and suddenly he dove over her shoulder yelling, I'm a dolphin, (laughs) as she desperately tried to catch him. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay. Uh, next one, I teach music at an elementary school. A while back, I had, or I was in the midst of teaching the kids how to play the recorder, and during small group practice, one of my kids came up to see, came up to me and said, Mrs. X, I think my A-hole is clogged, <laughs> meaning the hole on the recorder that plays the pitch A. <laughs> It took everything I had to keep a straight face and answer their question without laughing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know if I could have. I would have at least practiced. There's no way. I would have been like, you're what? What? What's going on? Next one. During COVID, I was teaching fifth graders on Zoom. One of my students interrupted my math lesson to tell me her bird had died. She then proceeded to pick it up out of the cage and put it on a paper plate to show the whole class. She and three other students started crying. I asked if her parent was home to help her, and she said her dad was sleeping. He worked third shift hours, so she was only allowed to wake him up for an emergency. I told her that this probably counted and also gave her permission to leave the class for the rest of the day. Her parents got her a new puppy a few days later. (laughs) Uh, I used to nanny two elementary school-aged boys. One of them didn't want to use the unisex bathroom in the restaurant because, quote, that's where unicorns have sex. Uh, <laughs> what? Unisex, oh. unisex bathroom. Oh, that's bad. There's unisex going on in there. Uh, okay. I used to babysit these two kids who were so entitled. One time I brought them out to eat with some money from their parents, and one kid wanted to order a $30 meal that cost three times what her brother and I had ordered. 
When I tried to tell her that she should order something else, she started to scream and say that I had kidnapped her. I had to have her mom come with her birth certificate to prove that she was actually her parent. Oh. Yeah. See, I'd be beating that ass. Yeah. I teach kindergarten, and one day I was working on rhyming words with my students. We had been practicing rhyming words before the kids went to, out to recess. They came back in and said, guess what game we're playing? The Teddy Kit... Kitty titty game. I could not hold my reaction in and started laughing so hard. They obviously had no clue why this was so funny, and they and they explained the game that they invented, which was essentially tag while all pretending they were kittens. <laughs> they were proud that they had made up their game that rhymed. Well, they really loved this game and thought it was funny that I was laughing, so they kept singing out Kitty titty game. Let's play the kitty titty game. Over and over again for about two weeks <laughs> before I finally told them that they should pick a new name for their game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Next one, I taught several first graders I, several years back. No. I taught first grade several years ago, I guess. That is not there. But uh, The kids kept all of their outerwear in a cubby room separate from the classroom, so sometimes I didn't always catch the shenanigans. One day, three kids frantically ran out of the cubby room and wrapped their arms around my waist. Mrs. Tompkins, Jake is making us sit on the floor when he, while he farts in our face. <laughs> I calmed him down and called Jake over and asked what was going on. I wasn't really farting. I was just pretending, he said. I told him that even if he was pretending, the other kids were still upset. Later that day at recess, the students who had been fake farted upon made Jake sit down in the sandbox, and they really farted in his face. <laughs> Actions have consequences. <laughs> uh, next one, I was about 13, and I had just begun babysitting for a family with two small kids. It was in the 90s. One night, around 10 or 11, I went upstairs to check on the one-year-old. She sat straight up in her crib and began to cry. When I picked her up, she said, clear as day, check the back door. I'd never been so terrified in my life. I called my mom while I went downstairs uh, to check said back door. Nothing was out of place, but I sat on their couch on high alert until the parents came home a short while later. Still gives me goosebumps to this day, 30 years later. Ooh. That's creepy. That is creepy. Next one, I teach t kindergarten and had a really spunky little girl in my class one year. During playtime one day, I overheard her... I overheard one of her friends ask her if she wanted to play hide-and-seek. The little girl joined in, and they then proudly shared that she always plays hide-and-seek because her mom had a friend who would come over and play hide-and-seek in her mom's bedroom. She even added that one day, her dad came home, and her mom told her friend that he had to hide for a really long time. Then she said that he must have come out of the hiding spot when they went out for ice cream because he was gone when they came back home. He's such a good hider. And my dad never found him at all. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I was teaching eighth grade. A student I'll call Mark called across the room, Mrs. X, may I play or may I say something profane? <laughs> I assumed that he wanted to use a swear word in, in a creative fashion, and I said no. He either didn't hear or ignored my answer, and while looking at a science-themed book, he called out, this shark brain looks like a vagina and uterus. Stalling for time and giving myself a moment to pull myself together, I slowly strode over to Mark, 
looked at the picture and, and replied, well, no, it actually looks like a uterus and ovaries. And using natural words is not profane. Slang, I almost died. <laughs> or slang is, I almost died. <laughs> a friend was working as a kindergarten teacher. The class was covered in little signs with the names of objects and, and the kids' names to help them learn to connect words with the act of reading. One day, the student came to the teacher, tugged on their shirt. He said, teacher, God didn't get his snack today. Turns out that one of the student's names is Jesus. We all cracked up imagining the kindergarten student going home and telling his parents about the day, about his day. I played with Sarah and Jessica and God today. <laughs> <laughs> An eight-year-old student of mine had a habit of repeating things that she heard on TV, catchphrases, songs, jokes, etc., one day, she asked to use the iPad. I told her it was almost lunch and she had to wait. Then, in the most red foreman voice I had ever heard, she called me a dumbass and walked away. Turns out her dad watched that 70s show the night before. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in high school, I was a, a camp counselor. This one camper claimed she was part wolf and she could smell me. And she kept trying to bite me because she was a wolf. Mm. Dang kids. <laughs> I'm a teacher at a performing arts studio. I work with kids of all ages, but during the summer, I tend to work with a lot of elementary school-aged kids. Last summer, I was teaching an acting camp where the kids would perform a scene based on ideas they'd come up with in class throughout the week. During the performance in front of everyone's parents and the staff, one of my kids peed on himself on stage. They told no one. I had reminded them before the performance to go to the bathroom. Nothing. I didn't even hear it. It was I was in the front row, feet away from the stage, and didn't see or hear a thing until the kids cleared off the stage and there was a puddle. I had several parents come up to me and inform me, by the way, there's a there's pee on the stage, as if I wasn't staring directly at it. It was mortifying. I wasn't able to check on the kid after, but no one was crying and the culprit didn't mention anything to me, so I guess they were okay. Hmm. Next one, a student brought a dead bunny to school. She thought it died because it was too cold and believed that by keeping it warm in her pocket, she could bring it back to life. She took it out in the bathroom during recess where she, discovered by, where she was discovered by other students who hysterically came to the office to report it. Earlier that morning, a student had told the teacher that his, this other student had a bunny in her pocket. The teacher, believing it was a stuffed toy or other type of toy, told her to put it in her backpack. She placed it in her backpack for safekeeping until she could retrieve it during recess and attempt the resurrection. Oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> I'm a daycare teacher. One of my least favorite sentences is, so-and-so took off their diaper and pooped on the floor, yet it happens twice a week. <laughs> Next one, I used to be a children's librarian. At story time one day, I asked the kids if there was any song they'd like to sing. A preschooler raised his hand and asked for Funky Cole Medina. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. Next one, I work with toddlers and babies. A two and a half year old looked at me and said, you have pimples. Oh, rude. Starting early. Yeah. Next one, preschool teacher here. I had an intense helicopter mom, still do, but she's lightened up a bit, who was constantly checking in throughout the day. When her child started with us, we did not allow parents to stay longer than five minutes at drop-off because of COVID. 
This was my second year with this child, so they knew the school well, but they had gone on vacation for two weeks. Since I already knew that the mom would be constantly trying to call, I got ahead of the game and sent her emails with pictures to let her know the child was having a great day. She still called the school four times and fully came inside and tried sneaking in a second to check on the child all before noon. The child was totally fine, but the mom made a very distracting day, uh, made the day very distracting, stressful, and annoying. Yes. That's a little far. That's, yeah. That's don't, a don't drop them off if you're going to do that. Yeah. Like, just keep them with you. Uh, the oddest one must be the time a boy in my class urinated in a water pistol and went around shooting people during with, uh, recess with it. Ugh. Gross. Next one, years ago, I worked at a child care center during the summer. It was about an hour and a half before the end of the day. We put on Aladdin for the children to watch. During the scene with the dancing veiled girls with Aladdin in the bazaar, a little girl stood up and pointed at the screen and said, all excited, that's how mommy dances for daddy. Oh, God. As you can imagine, the other staff member and I were in shock. I managed to tell her that was nice, and she sat down. Her mother was so conservative and dressed in demure. So, as you can imagine, after that, whenever I saw her, I couldn't get the image out of my head and had to hold back my laughter. Parents would truly be mortified if they knew the things their children told us. Oh, yeah. Holy definitely. shit. And my last one. I worked at the YMCA in their child care center. Most days, the adults would just deal with the babies and toddlers and make sure the older kids were fine. One day, we only had a few younger kids whose parents worked there. I was talking to a coworker and had my head turn and turned my head just in time to see two little girls playing doctor. One was lying on the floor with a baby doll under her shirt. And the other was sitting by her legs telling her to push. Oh, we were trying so hard not to laugh as we told them they had to play something else. <laughs> when we told their moms, they both shook their heads and laughed. <laughs> yeah, those were mine for the beginning. That's cute. All right. I did. And I hope I haven't done these before. Okay. These are creepy, unexplained things that have happened to people. Just an incredible coincidence, but two weeks ago, I was grocery shopping, and I thought about a girl who hadn't come to mind in years, over a decade. We were middle school sweethearts for about a minute, and then I just forgot about her until that moment. When I got home, I googled her to see what she was up to, was she still hot, and I found a blog posting about an hour old from her current significant other announcing that she had just passed away from cancer oh that's sad yeah have wow. i done that one before has anyone have we either I think we've done similar ones but okay. just keep going when i was in the second grade i had this plug-in stand-up happy days pinball machine yep i'm feeling old <laughs> if you left it plugged in it would eventually start making sounds as it was being played one night i went to bed and it started making the sounds I reached for the plug and could not find it. I jumped out of bed and turned on the light. When I did, I noticed two things simultaneously. It was not plugged in and a ball rolled between the two flippers. Yeah. I did not sleep in my bed for a week. Holy crap, that's that's haunted. Yeah. That's creepy. I love it. I, I always love those stories when something starts playing or whatever and you go to unplug it and it's not even plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> One night, one night, when I was around 12 years old, something under my bed kept tugging on my sheets and eventually fully, pull, fully pulled them under my bed. 
I sat up all night, scared shitless. I checked under the bed in the morning, and my sheets were balled up under the foot of my bed. What the fuck is that? That is creepy. Holy shit. One week, I was walking through my old grade school to get into town. Small town, maybe 1,200 people. When I turned a corner of the building into the parking lot. In the parking lot was one black sedan, nothing notable, no identifying marks, but nothing too unusual. I'm around 20 meters away. There were four completely white, definitely albino-looking men, bald, black eyes looking straight ahead. A moment after noticing them, they all turned and looked at me in unison. Their heads snapped instantly, and all four of them met my eyes. I jolted back around the corner, then slowly looked back around to make sure I wasn't seeing things. Nope, there was the car and the men still looking at me. Then I blinked, and the car was empty. I leave the way I came, take the long road into town, all the while feeling as if I was followed. I'll never forget that day, hallucination or not, it's burned into the part of my brain that helps you frequently remember all the scary shit that's ever happened to you. Okay, that's super creepy, and that's like the mirror men. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Holy shit. Yeah. Creepy. I live in Stuttgart and was walking across an open area that used to be a parade area, I guess. Just kind of a wide open field. My head was down and I was looking at some of the leaves on the ground when off to my left I heard, How are you doing? I looked over, assuming I was going to see someone I knew, but it wasn't. Now keep in mind, I'm an atheist and have no belief in anything outside of that which can be proved. Just was worth mentioning. When I looked over, I saw a small person, about four feet tall. I say person because I still don't know if it was a man or a woman, child or adult. But more than anything, the clothes are what really threw me. The clothes looked as though they were made by someone who had never seen clothes before, as if some made what were supposed to be clothes. (laughs) That's the only way I can describe it. Well, I answered, but quickly looked away. I started to walk away, but reason got the best of me, and I thought, you are mistaken, turn around and figure this out. Well, I turned around to an empty field. I have no idea where this person went, since I only walked about ten steps. I have no idea what I saw and actually thought that I had a full-on hallucination. Nothing like that has ever happened to me before, but it was definitely an odd feeling. That sounds like an alien. Or a fey person. Well, yeah, but the clothes thing kind of made me go toward alien because... Like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's true. I was never a believer in ghosts or spirits, the paranormal UFOs and stuff. About two years ago, me and a buddy decided to go on a drive. It was a hot summer night and we were bored out of our minds, so we picked up some cigarettes and went on a late night drive. We decided to drive to the top of the mountain. The base of the mountain is about an hour's drive from where I lived, and it takes about another hour to drive all the way to the top where they have a restaurant bar. This is in Norway, by the way. It was pretty late, around 3 a.m. in the morning. We knew the bar would be closed, but we thought we would just chill on the benches, have a smoke, and take in the view at first light. So we get to the base of the mountain and start driving up and around. The road twists around the mountain until you get to the top. So when you reach a turn, you can barely see around the corner. It was pitch black darkness. Only the road was visible due to the street lights. But apart from the road, the edges and mountainside were barely visible. We had been driving for about half an hour. Everything was pretty enjoyable. Absolutely empty roads. 
Guess all the sane ones were asleep in bed, ready to wake up and go to work in the, in the morning. Complete silence. It was just relaxing. As we turned one of the bends, I get this very uneasy feeling as I see something, definitely a person, sitting on a boulder at the edge of the road. My friend sees this as well, but keeps driving, and I'm thinking, what the fuck, bro? But I realize that he is turning the car around and going back because it's pretty treacherous to reverse on that road. So we head back slowly, and I realize that he is fine. He's not getting any bad feelings. He is in his normal mood. So I convince myself that I'm acting weird and that it's probably just some crazy hiker. We park the car right opposite this figure, engine still running, and my friend calls out, Hi there, are you okay? I have to admit I was still pretty scared, so I didn't say anything. No response. The figure then looks up in our direction and we get the fucking shit scared out of us. We saw that it was a woman wearing a plain white dress with very long, beautiful hair, but her face was three times the length of a normal person's face. Her eyes were completely blank, and she had a smile on her face. I swear to God, we both felt so fearful that we were completely paralyzed. We couldn't yell or even communicate, not even a single word. It felt like we couldn't move. I don't know how he found the courage to press the gas and get the hell out of there, but I do remember that when we both got home... We had a very high fever, and we were like that for a couple more days afterwards. What the fuck is that? That is creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. A dorm at a local university had a student die of alcohol poisoning on his 21st birthday, and there have been lots of reports of creepy things happening in the room he died in. Students reported tapping from the inside of the window, shoes being rearranged while they were out, and a loud scraping noise that came from upstairs. People upstairs thought it was coming from downstairs. Anyway, there was a youth sports camp that uses this dorm for a summer residence, and I was a counselor, so I stayed in the dorm with the kids. I was assigned to stay in the room that the aforementioned student died in. I grew up in the same town as this college, so I knew all about the ghost and didn't think anything of it. There's no such thing as ghosts, right? I moved in, and the only thing that looked different about the room compared to others in the dorm was that there was a crucifix. During my week, shit got weird. Several times I heard loud tapping from the inside of my window. One night, I poked my head outside of my door late one night and yelled, Lights out! to some kids running down the hall. My lights promptly turned out inside my room. Finally, during a break at the end of the week, I went back to my room for a nap. I found my TV was on, and the volume was extremely loud. I didn't think much of it. Maybe the kids had been playing PS2 in my room and forgot to turn it off. I grabbed the remote, laid on the bed, and hit the power button. The TV stayed on. I took the batteries out, tried again, and still the TV was on. I picked my lazy ass up, walked to the TV, and pressed the power button. Nothing. I turned the volume down. Nothing. I finally unplugged the TV and... Nothing. Totally freaking out, I unplugged the cable cord, thinking maybe some weird surge through that was keeping the TV on. Nope. I sat there holding the TV power cord, cable cord, (laughs) and remote, and was watching my TV continue to play. I ran from the room, got another counselor, and showed them. They promptly freaked the fuck out, (laughs) and we left the building to get the camp director. And when we got back to my room, the TV was off. Fuck. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) He's a jokester. Yeah. (laughs) I've got what I call a bed shaker. Whatever it has been following me around since I was about eight, 
My mom used to like to prank me when I was a kid and hide near my bed and shake it. One night I was in bed and the bed was shaking, so I yelled at my mom, Stop shaking my bed! I heard her and my father reply, We're in the living room! And I quickly booted it downstairs. (laughs) It happened every few years here and there and stopped from the time I was 18 until about a year and a half ago. Now it's happening every few weeks. I'll wake up to my bed shaking like fuck, and of course I'm terrified. The one time I was grateful for the bed shaker was about a year ago. My bed started doing the funky dance, and I woke up. (laughs) My daughter, who was under a year, started howling. I ran into her room, and the wee lamp shade on her night light had tipped, and the bulb started burning through the shade. Thank fuck I got in there in time. Huh. So it's helpful? And not helpful at the same time? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My twins were two months old and barely sleeping through the night. As most nights go, my wife and I, whose room is adjacent to the nursery, were woken around 2 a.m. to some crying coming from one of the cribs. It was my turn to get up, so I saunter over to Gabe, one of the twins, and I hear a woman say, It's okay, Gaby. My wife goes, Did you hear that? She didn't say it. I didn't say it. To this day, we have no idea where the voice came from. It wasn't my wife's voice. Huh. That's weird. Was it a grandma or someone coming to visit? That's what it sounds like. The supposed lady in white. A buddy and I were were relaxing on a porch late one night close to the Michigan border at a friend's house and staring into the woods. I see something. I said, hey, Donnie, do you see that? He said, yeah, it looks like some chick just standing there. Now, this was about 100 feet away, and it kind of freaked us out, so we kept staring, and then all of a sudden, it zips off to the right as if it were floating. We looked at each other and freaked out so bad, we ran inside the house and slammed the door. His sister looked at us crazy, and we told her what we had just seen. She told us we had just seen the Lady in White ghost, and it was common up there to see her. Still to this day, just the thought of remembering that floating, zipping motion still irks me. Fuck yeah, that's creepy. That is super creepy. Especially since they just thought it was some lady standing there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she floats away. That is creepy. No. I don't like that. (laughs) The most paranormal thing I've experienced was probably the time when a friend of mine and my brother tried to communicate with ghosts. Me and my friend were having a drink downstairs, and I came out of the kitchen and turned off the light that was shining outside. And after I sat down, he said that the lights lights just blinked. And after a couple of minutes, we decided we should try to make contact with ghosts to see if there are any in my house. At this point, my grandmother, my grandfather, three days dead at the time, and my dog, less than a year, were the only things I knew of that died nearby. So after we made the Ouija board, my brother came downstairs and joined us. We decided that we were going to give it around three tries. First time, nothing really happened except for a little bit of moving of the glass, but that could have been easily one of us. The second try went basically the same, but my brother felt some chills down his spine, and I thought that I saw a weird kind of mist walking past the couch he was sitting on. On the third time, we heard an extremely loud bang from the side. At the time, I thought the fucking wall collapsed or something in that nature, But it scared the living shit out of everyone after that happened. My brother quickly turned on the light and we saw what happened. A portrait of my dog was ripped off the wall. On a side note, it was impossible to get that off with bare hands. 
After that, we rushed upstairs and tried to sleep. I didn't have so much trouble with it because if it's my dog, that would be awesome, but I've heard other things in the house as well, which makes me consider consider it. That was not a well-written story. <laughs> Shadows that move, lights that go on and off, our names being whispered, a stroller rolling by itself, stuff being thrown against us, and the final straw that made us move out were scratch marks on my ex's legs that she had when she woke up and clearly were not possible with human nails. Oh my god. She still has the scars and I have pictures of it somewhere. They look like claw marks. That last one made us move out because we didn't get any rest anymore. Holy shit. It's a lot to deal with before you move out. Yeah. One night I was in bed getting ready to go to sleep. I was around 17 living in my parents' basement. I heard someone open the basement door and start walking down the steps. It sounded like they were wearing flip-flops, which was odd because it was fairly cold outside at the time. They came down the steps, flip-flop, 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 and then stopped. I thought it might be my brother, but he was out with friends and never wore flip-flops. I called out anyway, Jake, is that you? No answer. Flip-flop, 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 walking toward my door. Dad? Mom? No answer. The knob on my door started to move. No dice. It's locked. There was an audible, disappointed sigh, then flip-flop, 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 away from my door and back up the steps. I was straight up scared. I grabbed a baseball bat and went out to the living room, dividing the bedrooms. Nothing. No one in the bathroom. No one in my brother's room. No one on the steps. We had two phone lines at the house, so I called my parents' line. Dad, did you see headlights? come up the driveway or hear anyone come in the house he hadn't did you or mom just come downstairs wearing flip-flops what no <laughs> go back to bed son so i did eventually i thought someone had snuck into our house it was the most genuinely terrified i'd ever been not until the next day did i realize that one year ago to the day my cousin had taken his own life i was the wo- i was one of the last people to talk to him and we'd made plans to get together to catch up he wore flip-flops almost every single day Aw. He's coming to visit. (laughs) This happened about six years or so ago when I was in high school. Never, or near the end of the fall before Christmas break when there were a lot of projects due. The school had an art night for students with art, music, drama classes that needed extra time to prepare for their big projects. It was half intense study time and half everyone just spending time together talking or goofing off. It would last from about 7 p.m. to about 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., depending on how tired the teachers got. By this time, it was about midnight, and most people were either done with their work or given up for the night, so a lot of people were just talking or working on their own things. A couple of the photography students were just taking pictures for fun and developing the film. Yeah, they used film, and they used film for the class. Most of these photos were your typical stupid high school kid photos of girls making stupid faces at the camera that they would, of course, put in the yearbook because they were also in charge of that. Suddenly, there are two loud, sharp screams from the dark room and two girls come running out, babbling nonsense and crying. We all try to figure out what is happening and the teacher comes in to calm them down, too. They explain that they were developing the photos and one of them had a ghost in it. Of course, we're all curious, so we go to the dark room to check it out. The teacher pulls the photo out of the chemicals and sees a picture of them that they had taken while running around the old hill building. 
as it was called, an old stone building with a couple classrooms and a big storage basement. Also, the oldest school building still in use in the state, of which the school district bragged about for some reason. The two girls are leaning against the banister to the second floor. Behind them, seemingly out of nothing, is very clearly another girl's face, mouth open, staring at the camera, fading out to the rough shape of a body. Uh, it says, edited for accuracy, they weren't making kissy faces after all, now that I see the original again. <laughs> to be honest, the rest of us thought it was awesome. We were trying to figure out what had happened. It didn't look like the girl that had taken the picture. There weren't any reflective surfaces. The girls claimed they didn't do it on purpose to freak people out. We looked at the film, and you could still sort of see the face, so they developed another one, too, just to see again. Exactly the same. One picture, the art teacher locked in his office to show off on Monday. The other was passed around the rest of the night and eventually given back to the girls. Come Monday, things got even more strange. The girls were freaking out again and showed the art teacher their copy of the photo. The face was gone. Again, suspecting foul play, he got the photo from his office and was shocked to say the face was also absent in that photo. Everyone was in uproar at this point with how crazy creepy the whole thing was. They decided to develop yet another photo to see what happened, but when it came out, nothing. No face, not a trace of it. Nada. The art teacher confirmed it was still the original film because of the rest of the photos on it, and was befuddled by the whole ordeal. He kept teasing the girls about it, and they were since terrified of that building. I even had my fifth year high school reunion this September, and one of the two girls was there. We talked about it. She says she still gets uneasy seeing that building driving by. That's crazy. That like, what the fuck? Why would it be gone? I don't know. Like, did the ghost like cover its tracks? That's so weird. Maybe it was just something. Well, no, they did it twice. And it would still be there. Like, because I thought about like, you know, if it was some sort of like a, what do you call it, like a matrix thing with your yeah. eyes, and yeah. but you would still be able to see it whether it was actually like a face or not you know yeah well i was thinking maybe you know on that photo there was like maybe a drop of something got on the photo paper or something but they did it twice so yeah it's not going to have a, a weird spot on both of them and it still wouldn't be gone yeah That's it's so weird it's weird my grandmother murdered my grandfather pushed him into a doorknob oh we wouldn't think this except that the night before he died, she called the entire family out because she said she was worried about him. When we got there, he seemed to be in as good of health as he'd been in the last five years. But the next morning, we got a call that he had fallen in the bathroom and hit his head on the doorknob. Note that she had been torturous and cruel to him for the entire marriage, but especially the last five years or so before his death. In the hospital, the doctor shared his concerns that her story didn't really make sense but we didn't really want to see her in prison at 72, so we just let everything slide. Fast forward to the day of the funeral. As my grandmother is leaving the house, there's a dead rattlesnake on her doormat. Weird enough, but that shit happens out in the country. She calls my uncle and he gets rid of it. On the way to the hospital, her car breaks down, and 10 feet in front of the car are two ravens eating a dead rattlesnake. Weirder, but still within reasonable coincidence standards. When she returns to her house after the funeral, there's another dead snake on her front porch. I think this one was a rat snake. But the, at this point, it's getting pretty fucking weird. <laughs> she calls my uncle again, and he gets rid of it. Then the next morning, 
She walks outside to get the paper, and there's a fucking buzzard ten feet in front of her porch eating a dead snake. According to her, it just stared at her for a couple of minutes, then flew off. We all hate her at this point, but I remember her telling the story and seeing the look of fear in her eyes and having any remaining doubt that she had killed my grandfather removed. I'm an atheist, and I think it was all just an amazing coincidence, but thinking about it still kind of gives me the willies. That is crazy. I think that's fucking great. It is. Huh. Think she was being called a snake? Um, mm. It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was pet sitting for a client that goes to the vet clinic and I worked at. I was to stay overnight and basically just live there while they were gone. No big deal. I pet sit on a regular basis. This was the first time I stayed at their house and it was very big and definitely nice. The day went by fine and then night came. I was told to sleep upstairs with the lab. When it was time for bed, she did not want to go upstairs, had her tail between her legs, and was whining. This had me a little nervous since she normally sleeps upstairs with the owners. After five minutes of trying, I finally get her up. I went to the bedroom and climbed in bed. Obviously, it's common for houses to creak and whatnot at night, so when pet's sitting, I always look to the dogs to see if they are nervous. If it's a normal house noise, they aren't disturbed. Lights go out, and the dog was pacing like crazy. Then the shadows appear under the door, constantly moving and definitely not mine or the dog's. They don't have any other pets, so this worried me some, but I dismissed it. Then it sounded like a moving team was working in the room next to me. It literally sounded like the entire room was being rearranged. Dressers dragged across the floor and slamming into the walls, causing them to shake and lots of dragging, screeching noises. I never had the nerve to open the door to this room, so I'm not positive what was making the noise. Now the dog started whining, cowering, and won't stop looking from me to the door. At this point, I'm scared and contemplating making a mad dash downstairs. I built up the courage to open my bedroom door after 20 minutes of constant dragging, crashing, and screeching, and dashed down the stairs, dog at my feet. All the noises I heard stopped, and the whole house is quiet. I go to the outside door, which was a pain because it sticks and was hard to open. Then to close if you had to slam it shut or it doesn't latch. I opened it and got outside with the dog. I turned around to slam the door shut and before I reached the handle, the door slams in my face. Oh God. The next morning, I returned with the dog to feed her breakfast. I went in through the attached garage and all is fine in the house. While the dog was eating, I decided to go outside and get the mail. I returned to the garage door, which was locked, and I had left it unlocked. Luckily, I had the front door key in my car and could enter. Needless to say, I didn't stay there again. That's creepy. And this is my last story. When I was 15, my best friend went to see his pastor uncle out on the East Coast and came back with quite a tale. He had been exercised of many different demons. This is not that story, but my own. After his experience, he told me all about it and prayed that I experienced something similar. So one night, I was standing outside smoking a cigarette, and I had this epiphany. I was going to witness the end of the world, and I needed to be a physically and mentally prepared soldier to help people in the end of times. As I'm having this thought, something in my head said, No, you're not. Like a voice that was not mine. And I... Right at that moment, I realized something was standing inside of me, and I proclaimed, Yes, I am. And what I felt was like someone stepping outside of my body and going behind me. 
I freaked out and ran inside, so I'm sitting in my living room by myself, freaked out, and the phone rings. I answer, and there is this roar, whiz, evil-sounding, non-English crap on the phone. (laughs) I hung up, threw the phone, then ran to my room. Then I'm just sitting in my room, praying, and I felt a good presence surround me. After a minute or two, I look up at my wall. There is what I describe as the absence of light in the shape of a human walking toward me, but on the outside of the wall. Like it couldn't enter the room, but I could somehow see it through the wall. It was as if you drew an outline around someone, then on the inside it's just dark. So dark it's the absence of light. At this point, I freak out again and run into my brother's room and just sit there paralyzed. This is the only time I have seen or felt anything like this. I'm not super religious, but this surely has affected my views on religion. That's a very interesting way to look at shadow people. They're not shadow people. They're people with the absence of light. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Hmm. All right. Was that your last Yeah, one? that was my last Okay. One. So we got a listener email. We did? Yes, she had a suggestion. Oh. This is from Jennifer. She writes, hey, ladies, I hope you're doing well. I love listening every week. I wanted to give you girls something to watch. I will admit it's a little boring, but it's based on a true story and is produced by the actual family, so it might be worth a little research. It's called The Exorcism in Amarillo on Amazon Prime. Take a look. I would be interested in hearing what you think. Keep up the great work, Jennifer. So, since she said it was a little boring, mm-hmm. I was, you know, a little concerned because what you guys might... I don't know why you would think about it, but when I pick documentaries, I have to I have to worry about how it translates into a podcast. So mm-hmm. she said it was a little boring. So I was like, mm, that's not great. So I watched it and I'm doing it because there is a lot of just like blank spaces in it where oh. they do like music montages and stuff like that. So um it wouldn't be a very good podcast, like the whole episode. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and just did it for like a mini oh, cool. happy hour. Okay. And she wanted to know what I thought. So I'm going to tell her exactly <laughs> what I thought. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is called The Exorcism in Amarillo. It's based on a true story. This is not a documentary. Okay. It is um, a... It's basically a long reenactment. Oh. Literally. Okay. Think of the acting. Everything about it is a reenactment. Very bad. (laughs) Very bad. Very, very bad. Okay. (laughs) Okay, but if you look past it and you look at the story, the story is really freaking creepy. Okay. And we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay, so... The impression that I got is just a normal woman. She lives on a farm, portrays her doing farm work around the house. She's actually literally petting flowers, which is weird. Mm-hmm. She picks up a she picks a dandelion and smells it, which I thought um, was funny. Okay. <laughs> Do dandelions smell? They have a smell, but it's not good. Oh. Uh, so she's feeding the animals and she finds a dead chicken. She tells her husband that there's another coyote attack. Her husband is in the military or army uh, something, and he gets deployed to Iraq. 
tells her that he has to go for a year and she's kind of aloof about it. Uh, starts talking about watermelon. <laughs> she, she seems out uh, out of it already, but she starts crying. So I guess she's not happy about him leaving. Uh, lots of fluff, needless camera work, super creepy family time footage. Like it shows him fixing things around the house before he leaves to horrible music. It was all country. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> super cringy music montage of him leaving and then he finally leaves and she's sad then it shows her picking up a box from a house and taking it home looks like there are books in it they have three daughters and one of them starts to look through the box when the mom leaves to take uh, the other daughter somewhere and she gets freaked out sister asks what was going on and she said she picked up a book and got a really creepy feeling and a gust of wind hit her sister sister brushes it off um and they went to check to see if there was a window open or something to explain it then they hear this weird noise and they both yell the cat and run out they get the cat the cat's scared they keep hearing noises and they think they aren't alone but they don't want to bother their mom and worry her any more than she already is so she brings home this box of books and they get a creepy feeling by it. Mm -hmm. Then the dad sends them a book and a video saying he loves them and misses them. It's corny as fuck. Then we see the mom doing some laundry. She hears a knock on the door. She looks out. No one's there. Also, she makes sure it's locked and goes about her day. Then they show that she has a gun next to her bed and it shows her waking up around 4 a.m. and seeing that things are moving around the house. The chandelier was swinging, etc. So like creepy stuff. Then the doorbell rings, knocking again. She looks, nobody's there. So she gets her gun. She looks outside again, nothing. Then she looks like she might be getting paranoid and she's carrying her gun around with her all the time. Like she's sleeping with it. Then she's standing in her yard, staring. They show her picking vegetables, pruning vegetables, raking. Then, then another cringy music montage <laughs> of her slowly moving around the yard. They did that a lot. And I think that's why Jennifer was like, this is super boring because it was a lot <laughs> of like stuff like that. Like made, it made no, it, it like gave, they had to make it longer they were or trying something. yeah they were trying to make it a movie which i totally get you know exactly what they were trying to do you know you see it um and she did say that it was the family i didn't really look into it at all i just watched it but yeah they were trying to make a movie out of it so then one of the daughters asked the mom if she had ever gotten the feeling that someone was watching her and she was like yeah why and tells her that every night when she's trying to go to sleep, she gets that feeling. And she says that it's just because your dad isn't here, so we feel a little bit more unsafe than normal. Um, and that makes the girl feel better. And then one of the other daughters tells her that her room is cold and says that she will look at her window. Um, apparently more cringy footage of her walking around the farm. Then she's cooking and it's storming and some bread gets thrown off the counter. She looks around for one of her kids, but she's alone. And then she goes and checks on them and they are all in one bedroom. So nobody's throwing bread. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so she's, she picks up, she picks it up, goes about her business, then the power goes out. So candles are lit, it's still storming, and she sees a reflection in the window that's like a shadow person, but it's in the room with her. Yeah. And she starts saying, uh, get out. Like, she's screaming at this thing to get out, but it follows her around, and she sees it again, runs in the room with the girls. Really bad acting. <laughs> uh, so she goes and looks for flashlights, and things start to get confusing. So while she's looking, she finds one, then sees the shadow thing again. And by the time she gets back to the daughter's room, she doesn't seem to be feeling right. So she asks for her Bible. Then it shows flashes of, of things, like I'm, I'm assuming that are happening around the, the house, like crosses swinging, things like that, like the chandelier swinging. Um, she's reading the Bible to the girls, and then they go to bed. So she says the power should be, should be back on soon, and she falls asleep too. Then one of the girls' covers gets ripped off of them, and this this part in the in the movie was really freaky because they had this shadow thing that would like it was under the bed and it would like you know put its hand out on top of the bed. It was yeah. it was creepy. Um, so this daughter, it she felt something bite her. Mm-hmm. So she hides under the covers, and they start hearing scratching sounds. Then it's morning. The girls couldn't sleep, and they're telling each other what happened to them during the night and decide they should tell their mom. She brushes it off again, but she says it's time that she, she needs to do something. So it shows her going to a, the closet and pulling out a shirt. Then it cuts to her leaving to go to a church, but she has a completely different shirt on than the one she pulled out of the closet, which I thought was funny. <laughs> so they all head up to the church with another uh, bad music break. All country, all horrible. Then they get to the church and she gets holy water and brings it back home. And this is super weird directing on this part. It shows two of the daughters walk in the house, then the mom... She stops like right inside the door and she holds up this water. I'm assuming it's holy water. And she's like looking at it like above her head. <laughs> then she walks off and the front door closes. And the third daughter is standing behind the door, like just staring. Yeah. It's super weird. Uh, then it shows someone showering. Well, they show the curtain and it's the mom and she just screams and gets out. Then she's enjoying a hot beverage at the table with candles. So I don't know what the fuck that was about. That doesn't tell you what happened in the shower? No. Oh. And at least I, I didn't write it. <laughs> so, and you know, I just type as I'm watching yeah. it. So I, I, I say then she's enjoying a hot beverage at the table. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so one of the books from the box from the beginning gets thrown out of the box and she's convincing herself that books don't fly and <laughs> she needs to convince herself of that <laughs> so she closes the box makes sure nothing to make sure nothing flies out again and she keeps waking up at 3:58 a.m which is kind of creepy and she hears scratching at her bedroom door and opens it. And one of her daughters is just standing there and she says, I can't sleep, mother. So this daughter's acting super weird. Mm -hmm. Is it the same one from the door? Yes. Okay. So it shows this shadow thing following them back to the mom's bedroom. 
Um, then it shows the creepy hand coming up from under the bed again. And this thing is right next to the daughter who is acting weird. By the way, this, this has no names in it at all. Like, nobody has any names. They hmm. say one name, and that's later. So, they're just talking to each other as people normally would talk. You yeah. know, you don't really say anyone's name. Yeah. So Then this daughter starts screaming. Mom runs into the room and says, and she tells her that something bitter again. And that there's a big pumpkin man in her room. And the mom is just like, oh, you had a bad dream. You know how, how that happens. And she stays with her mom um, that, that does night. does not happen. <laughs> no, pumpkin men <laughs> do not visit normal. No. Then it comes back with the both of them there, and the daughter is saying, it's biting me. So it's like they're both in the room, like, together, and this thing is attacking her. The mom screams for it to go away. Again, she's, like, screaming for this thing to go away, and it seems to leave. The other daughters come in and ask what's going on, and the mom says she doesn't know, but something it, something's happening, and she needs to talk to the pastor. So the next morning, she wakes up, and there is a bucket that she uses around the yard all the time, and it keeps getting moved around. That like that they made that a point. Like I don't I don't know why, but this bucket that she uses gets moved around the yard a lot. Okay. They never discuss it really. But they make sure that you know that this bucket is getting moved around. Okay. Um, so it's on the front porch and she asks the daughters if they had been moving it. They say no. Then it shows her reading the Bible. I assume she's reading a book. And she repeats this. Oh, she repeats this kind only comes out through prayer. Like she was reading that in the Bible and she kept saying this kind only comes out through prayer. Um, so she starts praying to God that if she accidentally let something out, please forgive me. She doesn't know what she's done. And she also calls the pastor and she sees something in her daughter's bed. And it looks like the, that original book that that daughter got the weird, weird feelings from, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So she calls her and we finally hear her name and it's Jaina. And she asked her about this book and how long she had been reading from it. And she says that it's a book about witchcraft and she shouldn't be reading it. She says, you need to go pray. So is this a still the same girl? Yes. Okay. So she throws the book away and tells her to ask for forgiveness for reading it. And then she throws the entire box away of those books that she got. Then the pastor comes over and we learn that she got free religious books from Craigslist. And she didn't know what they were. Then the pastor comes on, and it is, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the husband from the beginning. He won't look at the camera. Makeup is horrible. Um, but he tells her that she needs to pray more. She's like, um, it's biting my daughter. And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I've never dealt with this before. And she, she needs help, and he says that he doesn't know how to do it he doesn't believe in those things he actually says that he's not jesus and what? he he doesn't he's like i'm not jesus i don't know <laughs> <laughs> then it shows them doing a prayer throughout the house uh then it seems that he has seen something he runs out of the house says he can't breathe and he he needs to leave now then it shows the mom trying to stay awake uh exhausted every time she closes her eyes she sees the shadow thing 
Um, we see it following her again. She's praying on the house herself. Shows lights flickering, doorbell ringing, something pounding on the door. It's super creepy. Like, you know, again, if you actually look at the story behind all of this <laughs> stuff, like the bad acting and the music and all that crap, it's a really creepy story. And if it actually happened, like, that's creepy. Mm -hmm. So the girls can't get out of their room to help their mom. They're, like, locked in there. Then she opens the door, and it's the husband. The girls run down the stairs, and she tells them about what's happening in the house. Such back to acting, I say again. Um, he says, we will take care of it. He will cast them out. So he prays over the house, and the mom and the goes in the girl's room. And Jaina's acting weird again, and she's basically, it's like, she's basically saying, this isn't going to work. Like, you're not going to get rid of me. So she's, like, possessed. Mm. So this thing looks like it wrote on the walls. Cabinets are banging while he's praying. Then it shows Jaina laughing uncontrollably, and everyone is like, what the fuck is happening? Then the mom puts holy water on her. She screams that it burns, so they start praying on her. Then she calms down, and it seems to be her again. Then the husband prays on the house, and I swear he did this for like at least 20 minutes. Just 20 minutes of him saying the same thing over and over and over again. Tells the evil they aren't welcome and get the fuck out, basically. So that was it. That was the movie. Um, again, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> but if we look into the actual story, I'm sure... You know, like she said, if, if we researched the story itself, it would probably be pretty creepy. Now, this is my favorite part. It actually really pissed me off. At the end, the very end, there is text, okay? And I, I put, I wrote it down. I paused it and wrote it down. This is what it says. In 2010, Ashley and her daughters went through torment after she unknowingly bought an occult book into brought an occult book into her home. Just bringing the book into the home was enough of a doorway to let a strong demonic force in. The stories chosen to share were kept true to in their rawest form. The only addition was the husband coming home to show the importance of the head of household. Um, I'm not done. The incident opened her eyes to being lukewarm in her walk with God and was able to strengthen her faith and cast it out while her husband was still at war. It went room to room, finally entered her daughter, who was too young at the time to receive salvation. When it was cast out, a peace fell upon the house. Her message with this film is to be on guard always. Spiritual warfare is we is real. The devil prowls in uh, like a roaring lion waiting to devour. Be careful. Be vigilant. Uh, they spelled vigilant wrong. <laughs> and guard your family. Okay. So you tell me. This is what I was thinking before you even did that last part. Okay. Okay. To me, it seemed like this was, and you know, I don't know if it happened or if it didn't, but it seemed like they were trying to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. Because most people, at least from my experience of what I've read and, and heard and all that, is that when something like this happens, 
they don't want attention brought to it no and for them to make a movie themselves Mm -hmm. that seems kind of strange to me yeah i get that that absolutely is it real or not i don't don't know i I don't know i have a hard time believing them because it, it seems like they were out to make money okay and then you said the last part <laughs> and it made me sick yeah because fuck that shit absolutely first of all it would have been such a fucking better story like if that was actually true like you said if she overcame like if she was just kind of you know i'll go to church every sunday because you know my husband wants it i can get you know i can see that but she wasn't actually like into church or anything and then the shit happened and she found the strength within herself like again if it's real yeah she found the strength within herself to cast that shit out of her house without her husband being there yeah that would have been totally awesome yeah but But, oh my god what the fuck what the fuck the importance of head of household this is like some 1950s shit exactly that does not exist anymore because it's bullshit i know oh my gosh so yeah that really irritated me like i i was fine with it again you know i was like okay well if they want to get their story out sure you know they make this terrible movie whatever that's fine but then i read that and they were it's not even true like it's they they switched the part the best part that they could have made so empowering to women of course not no no it had to be the man that saved the poor little woman oh my god so yeah jennifer that's what i thought (laughs) about the movie (laughs) we hoped you didn't like it (laughs) i really think she was focusing on the actual story which again they did a good job portraying like creepy shit that was happening well and also while it was going on remember the book that we read yes that reminded me a little bit of that yeah called uh the unwelcome yes yes unwelcomed it did it's like a lot of the same things were going on which have happened in other stories too yeah like the the banging on the door and like the doorbell ringing and then you open it no one's there Mm -hmm. that's creepy and then like it was biting her daughter that's creepy and like the ripping of the sheets off and you know again it was they they did a good job making it creepy They, they did well i kept waiting for something to set it apart oh yeah because usually i mean you know with all the stories that we've read and and heard and all that you know they have their you know the same stuff that happens over and over again but to me it seems like it's i think it's more real or i believe it to be more real if there's something because not all hauntings can be exactly the same there's got to be something that sets it apart right you know because it's happening to different people right so it can't i don't know if that even made any sense it did yeah because it it is and you know honestly if it did have some sort of a different aspect of it i probably would be more willing to believe it but it is it's the same thing that always happens and like the i i would i would be more willing to believe that the object itself was haunted or something was attached to it to that book 
rather than it just being a book of witchcraft and that itself yeah was enough yeah. to bring a demonic f- no yeah no. that's it just seems a little too predictable yeah. or i don't know i don't know it seems made up to me i get that i just i get that and i like I, you said a book of witchcraft come on i know it would have been you know if it was a a book a winnie the pooh book or you know something like that it'd be like oh that's weird yeah you know yeah why would you know but no it's like this you know horror movie trope yeah you know instead of i don't know it just i don't know it seems a little bit too horror movie-esque yeah for me i get that yeah i really don't know if there's anything i didn't want to add anything else I guess that was mine for the week. Okay. That must mean it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up! Okay, these are just funny, dumb people stories. (laughs) Okay. One time I was at my friend Claudio's apartment with his brother just hanging out and watching a movie. All of a sudden I hear a whoosh and see a big flash of light. I look over at Claude and his hair is on fire. Oh my god! We got it out quickly and I asked him what just happened. He told me I was trying to listen to the sound the lighter made when I flicked it. We had not had any drinks or substances at the time. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. My father-in-law could not, or my father-in-law could construct a new bladder out of a piece of your own intestinal lining if you had bladder cancer and needed a new one. He saved thousands of lives that otherwise would have been lost to renal, prostate, and urinary tract diseases. He once told me that someone with a bright yellow car was intentionally hitting his Mercedes Benz. He'd hit his car and sideswipe it once while he was at the hospital. He had it fixed and it cost thousands of dollars. Then a few weeks later, the same bright yellow vehicle did it again, this time nearly tearing off his fender and leaving a huge yellow gouge on the side of his car. Oh my god. He took it to the body shop a second time. During his next visit to the hospital, the hilarious truth came out. The parking attendant said, Hey doc, it's nice to see you, but I have to warn you, security was here and they're kind of upset about the fire hydrant you've hit twice in the last (laughs) month. I tried covering for you, but apparently they've got it on video. (laughs) Damn people hitting my car. (laughs) He's like the super smart surgeon that saves lives. Oh, God. (laughs) I've been waiting so long to tell this story. (laughs) Two members of my family are very highly intelligent, or so I always thought. I went to their house, and they just installed an above-ground pool that came with a pool cover. Instead of using the pool cover, they went and bought all these insulated pink foam boards. One inch thick, four by eight foot rectangle foam boards. I just sat there and watched while they cut up all these foam into puzzle pieces to fit in the round pool. It completely baffled me. I asked them why are they, I asked them why, and they said it was to keep leaves out of the pool. So every time they got in the pool, they had to remove all the puzzle pieces, then clean the pool because tiny pink insulation was floating (laughs) on top, and when they were finished for the day, they spent an hour trying to connect all the puzzle pieces they cut back into the pool. The original pool cover was by the pool in the bag it came in. It was the dumbest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Did they not realize it came with a cover? They, 
I guess they didn't understand what it was. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Highly intelligent my ass. Yeah, really. <laughs> I run a consumer advocacy firm. I had a client come in and tell me that he bought a product and the company refused to honor the warranty after the product broke. I asked for details and he just started screaming in my face asking if I was going to take his money or not. I decided then that I wasn't taking him on as a client, but I wanted to know what was going on. I'll never forget the story that he told me. I convinced him to tell me what happened. Turns out he bought a computer back in the 1990s. It had just recently stopped working, but not not because it was old and just stopped working. It was slow, so he picked it up and threw it out a two-story window. And then he wanted to sue the manufacturer for breaking the warranty. Wow, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) My all-time favorite client is... Or, my all-time favorite is a client I had who was charged with drinking and driving. He wanted to challenge the charges on the grounds he thought he was sober, and the tests were administered improperly. Well, he appeared at his court hearing rip-roaring inebriated twice. Both times he got into his car and tried to drive away. Both times officers promptly stopped him, administered a breathalyzer, and charged him. We didn't win that case. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with people? I was working in the back of an ambulance on a patient who seriously needed nitroglycerin to lower their blood pressure. I told him, before I give this medication to you, I need to triple check that you have not taken any ED meds in the last 72 hours, like Viagra or Cialis. If you have, and I give you this nitroglycerin, your blood pressure could drop dangerously low. I then asked him, have you taken any of these meds? The tone in his reply made me suspicious. (laughs) Oh no, never. I asked him again to confirm, to which he replied, oh yes, of course I am. I ran through the list of potential harmful side effects again. Again, he said, no, never. I was annoyed, but I carried on with it. Okay, hold this pill under your tongue. Then he asked, does generic Viagra count? Does generic Viagra count? (laughs) No, you'd be fine. (laughs) Oh my God. My father-in-law is very intelligent. I bet. He taught himself how to solve a Rubik's Cube without looking anything up and is generally a genius in math, logic, puzzles, what have you. But here's where all logic leaves his body. (laughs) He believes dinosaurs couldn't be real because they would be too big for their skeletons to uphold their weight. He has lots of other really stupid ideas because he is so intelligent he thinks he can just reason himself into correct conclusions without doing research or adhering to scientific process. That's called a dumbass. Yes. That's, I wouldn't uh, no, not a put genius. the word intelligent in a description of him at all. And I'm sorry, but just because you can do math and solve a Rubik's Cube does not mean you are a genius. No, no. Common sense is so much more important. (laughs) But no, he solved a Rubik's Cube all by himself without looking anything up. I'm sorry. I just... No. 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 When sending confidential documentation, we would encrypt it and put a password on it. It's common practice to send the document and the password in two separate emails. I got a message from this guy saying he couldn't open the document I sent him. I asked him if he had used the password. He told me, yes, it said there was an error. 
So I started digging deeper and asked, what password did you use? He told me I, he told me I just hit okay and it said that I had the wrong password. At the moment, I knew something was fishy. Wait, so did you type anything in? He replied that he didn't. So I asked if he could use, use the password that we provided him with. He said, I don't think it would work, so I deleted the email. He's smart. <laughs> My ninth grade English teacher tried to suspend me for saying debris the correct way. She claimed oh it was pronounced debris. No, no. She, I kid you not, sent me down to the principal's office with a note saying that I willfully disagreed with her and should be suspended for dis- disrespecting an elder. Go fuck yourself. The principal, who was already a pretty cool guy, had me sort mail for an hour. <laughs> when the hour was almost up, he and I went up to the room, interrupted her lecture on whatever it was we were studying, and calmly destroyed her. Yes! He said, the word is pronounced the way my name said it, not Debris. <laughs> Debris! Please remember this next time, and if you want to excuse yourself from this school for a week instead of my name, getting suspended for a week. She was absolutely mortified, and to this day, when kids who were in that class run into her, they call her Miss or Mrs. I don't know if she ever married or not. Debris. Mrs. Debris. <laughs> what the fuck? Seriously, what? Seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> Stupid. And she was so obviously wrong. Like, what? what is wrong with people like that? Has she never used the word debris before? Or heard it? whatever she just wanted to so badly like be it's a power trip yeah that's exactly disgusting i used to sell paint a woman came in saying she wanted to paint her fence i gave her a device and explained to her how to prepare the surface then she asked do i need anything to apply the paint i told her she needed a roller or a brush her response left me in disbelief oh i can't just splash the paint on the fence she was completely serious what how would that even work i i know i have no clue what (laughs) i can't just splash it on was she gonna take the paint can and like throw it on there that's what i picture in my head that's the only how else would you splash it on put it in your hand and throw i don't know (laughs) what an idiot i used to work at a call center for a large bank a customer phoned in while he was in one of the branches and said the queue was too long so he wanted me to help him i asked what his query was query was and his response caught me off guard he said the atm was broken and he had to withdraw cash i asked him how i could possibly help him withdraw some money from the bank over the phone and he said why can't you just fax it to me oh <laughs> doesn't work like that um i could fax you a picture yeah i can fax do you much good though (laughs) i mean yeah we can this is what it would look like if you had it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Each year for about 25 years, a group of about 20 of my old high school friends and our wives and girlfriends get together at a huge farm for a big chill type weekend. One weekend morning, one of my friends was the first person up and decided to make toast and coffee for himself. 
His bread got stuck in the toaster, and he was about to try and pry it out with a metal kitchen utensil. Knew it. A girlfriend of one of my other friends, who had just met my friend with the utensil late the night before and really didn't know him, walked into the kitchen and saw what he was about to do and said, Stop what you're doing now! (laughs) It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you can get electrocuted using a metal utensil in a toaster. But here's the twist. My friend with the utensil just happened to be a NASA rocket scientist Shut the who fuck monitored up. the space shuttle launches. Needless to say, he was more than a bit chagrined. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. See, I'm convinced that actual like book smarts and common sense don't happen together. Oh, you yeah. You either have one or the other. Yeah, I totally dude, agree with that. That dude had book smarts. <laughs> and that's it. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. That's like... I, she shouldn't have stopped him. Oh, no. Natural Stop selection. <laughs> Survival, Survival of the fittest. Survival of the baby. <laughs> but then who would fix our shit? We could figure it out. We have common sense. <laughs> we might not be able to go into, like, go to the moon without this guy's help. But I think we'll be okay. I work at a subway. We were out of lettuce, which was a problem for this one guy whose entire enjoyment of his sandwich revolved around lettuce. <laughs> I told him we didn't have any, so he asked if I could go in the back and cut up, cut more up. I told him we don't cut it up and that it comes already shredded and packaged and reiterated, reiterated that we had no lettuce anywhere in the store. That's when his face turned red. He gave me an annoyed blank look and asked, how can you open your store if you don't have all your product? He couldn't understand that we ran out of items because people like him came to eat the food and that we weren't (laughs) about to close the store over a missing topping. That was it. That's just entitlement. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so this is my sister-in-law and her live-in boyfriend. He's a lawyer, and she's like a higher up at a company making lots and lots of money. They get into their vehicle one day. A check engine light comes on. So instead of reacting like a normal person, they immediately get out and call a cab because the engine is broken. Oh, my God. That that was was it? it. That was it. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Pretty stupid. I worked at Wendy's through high school and part of college. One day, a man in his 50s wearing a bright magenta suit walked in and ordered a burger. I asked him, do you want a combo or just the sandwich? He asked me, what is a combo? I explained to him that it was a sandwich with fries and a drink, but somehow he didn't understand. He looked at me blankly. I started to get annoyed. He said, I want fries and a drink, but what is the combo? We went back and forth on this for almost five minutes. I don't even remember if he ever figured out what a combo was or if he ended up getting it. What the fuck? However, I remember seeing him two weeks later in a different city at my other job training, my other job training political canvassers. He was wearing the same magenta suit. I was in such shock that I just stared at him saying nothing, thinking it's the combo guy. (laughs) How, how is that hard to understand it's either just a sandwich or it's a drink with fries in it a sandwich. sandwich with the fries and the, yeah that's called that's, a combo yeah it's, it's not that hard a little cheaper yeah <laughs> i work on a golf course during the summer the area had lots of poison ivy two of my co-workers were instructed to weed a river edge area 
If we encountered poison ivy, we had to either stop what we were doing or go get full suit protection with respirators. When I walked up to check on them, my blood ran cold. These guys were weed whacking in the thickest poison ivy field I had ever seen. Oh my god. They had no protective suit, glasses, or respirators on. I rolled up and noticed what they were doing and pointed out all the poison ivy everywhere. They were aerosolizing? Is that right? That's what it looks like. The plant's oil. They both ended up in the hospital on steroids to prevent them from dying because of the oils they had inhaled. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My aunt is a civil suits lawyer, and usually everything is settled out of court, so she mostly just does paperwork. But she has had a few cases go to trial, and this is one of her absolute favorites, and one of the dumbest suits I have ever heard. A middle-aged woman is shopping in her nearby dollar store. She comes to a wall of hanging hanging toilet seats. You know the really nice toilet seats you buy at a dollar store? (laughs) She's looking at the toilet seats and proceeds to remove one to further inspect it. Somehow, one of the seats just above the one she removed falls and hits her in the head. So she obviously goes to the nearest attorneys to sue the store for gross negligence. She could have been seriously injured by this falling toilet seat. Details come out and there was already a sign on the toilet seat wall telling customers to ask for assistance before removing anything. Workers' witness testimony says there is very little chance this woman missed the sign. Honestly, from the details, it sounded like this woman was just looking for some free cash. But my aunt's job is to win the case, no matter how stupid or frivolous. Somehow, she got a jury to agree the store was at fault. The woman actually won $10,000. Oh my god. The case and arguments got published in a monthly journal on trials because it was just so entertaining. And that's the story of why your local family dollar has a glass case around the toilet seats. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> I used to work at a fine jewelry kiosk in, the, in a mall. Our, our, uh, our jewelry included gold bracelets and necklaces bonded to sterling silver, sterling silver rings with cubic zirconia gems, gold engagement rings with diamond chips clustered together, rather than one large diamond, etc. I had a lot of regulars, and this one particular woman would come in often. Every time, for every item that she was interested in, she would ask the same blood-boiling question. Is this real? I explained what bonded meant and how we didn't sell diamond rings for $25, (laughs) but that the rings were indeed certified sterling silver with synthetic gems. I gave her information like this repeatedly, day after day, and she would follow up every explanation with, okay, but is it real? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle that. No, I would end up losing my shit. (laughs) (laughs) My best friend in high school had a little brother that scored 1550 or something ridiculous like that on his SATs. His parents were ecstatic when he told them, but their joy turned into disbelief when he said, Yeah, it would have been a lot easier if I would have remembered to bring a calculator. So they made him retake the test with a calculator, and he aced it. The world was his oyster at that point. He was contacted by a bunch of Ivy League schools and offered full scholarships to several. He debated what to do, but in the end, he chose rather poorly. He chose to go to the local community college so he could stay with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's stupid. That was the story. (laughs) 
I don't understand it. Well, he was obviously smart, but dumb when it came to girls. Yeah. This is my last one. Back in the mid-90s, I was trying to purchase a difficult-to-find part a customer might a customer of mine needed. I finally found a place in New Jersey that had it. When I told the woman on the phone that I needed it shipped to New Mexico, she informed me that they didn't ship out of the country. I said, not old Mexico, New Mexico. <laughs> she countered with, yes, but it's still Mexico, and we only ship inside the United States. Oh, my God. After a facepalm moment, I spent some time explaining that New Mexico was indeed a state where it was, <laughs> etc., even after that, she said, I've never heard of it before, and I can't see why they would name a state after another country. Oh, my God. I guess the fact that she was in a state named after part of another country escaped her. I told her to just check with someone else in the office. So she put me on hold for a while. When she got back on the phone, she said, I was told that we can make an exception to oh our shipping God. policy for this order. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Bullshit. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send in suggestions. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.